You're listening to In My Father's House with our pastor and teacher, Mike Venizio, Senior Pastor of Harvest Christian Fellowship in New York City, New York. In my Father's house, there's a place for me. In my Father's house, where I long to be, oh, my heart will not be troubled. I remember what you said. The only person who can stand in the way or the only thing that can stand in the way of your receiving of the Lord and experiencing this for yourself is you. That's it. And, and so we need to think about that. We need to take an inventory of, of the things that we've allowed to go on within our lives. That experience of fellowshipping with God, to know God. The only thing that separates you from God is your sin. So let me ask you this question as we close out this evening's message. Do you know God? One way to know if you've been saved is to look at how often you are sharing the good news of salvation with others. As Pastor Mike shares in today's message, why would you want others to miss out on experiencing a relationship with the Lord? You've likely experienced freedom from sin, or you are living your life with a guilt-free conscience thanks to your relationship with Christ. There are others out there trapped in their sin, living with guilt and shame. You can offer the solution, the way out. What a great gift to share. Now here's Pastor Mike in the book of 1 John chapter 1 as he continues his message, Our Christian Experience. Now, John's case is that one of the first essentials and absolute essentials to true joy in a world such as this, with all of the crazy things that are going on around us, is that we need to realize this wonderful, glorious possibility that lies open to us there in verse 3 of chapter 1 of fellowship, of communion, of sharing in the very life of God. Now, what did I mean by that? Well, we addressed this last time. I have so many pages of papers and stuff and stuck in my Bible. Well, remember last time together we talked about, as it relates to having an experience in this fellowship and communion with God, it means also that we are sharers in his interests, his great purposes. We are interested in God's enterprise in this world. And we talked about that. We developed that idea last time together in last Thursday evening's service. And so anyway, notice here, so we're sharing in the very life of God. That's what it means to have fellowship and communion with him. Now notice John in these previous verses, that would have been verses 1 and 2, had emphasized the purpose of Christ's coming into the world. He alludes to it to give to those who believe on him 
the gift of eternal life. Notice he says, and declare to you that eternal life, which was with the Father and was manifested to us. Now, this eternal life that John is referring to here is not only in duration, all of eternity, but also in quality. In John's gospel, as a cross-reference for this, in John chapter 17 and verse 3, which Jesus shared in the form of a prayer, he says, and this is life eternal, that they might know you, he's speaking to the Father, he's praying unto the Father, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. And again, the idea is having that fellowship, that intimate communion with him. So that is a life with a different quality, made possible by faith in Jesus. And Jesus referred to that life as an abundant life. Jesus himself said, I've come that they might have life and have it more abundantly. And the Bible describes that life in superlatives. For example, he says it's a joy unspeakable. It's a peace that passes understanding. It's a love abundant. And so he uses all of these superlatives to describe that experience. Remember, that's what we're talking about. That's the subject that we're treating this evening, the Christian's experience. Now, this evening, with that said, we want to consider certain aspects of this Christian experience. And the first of which is, and if you're taking notes, write this down, Christian people are individuals who know what they have. Certainly, John, who is the writer of this epistle, knew exactly what he had, and that was the very reason why he wanted to pass it along to other people. So Christian people are individuals who know what they have, and Christianity is a definite and certain experience. Notice John puts it this way, that you may also have fellowship with us, and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with the Son, Jesus Christ. I mean, think about this. Let me ask you a question. If people don't know what they have, how can they wish for others to share it with them? And then, isn't that exactly what John is telling us here? What he had received, what he had experienced, he wanted to pass it along to other people. So that's the starting point. The Christian experience is not a vague one. It is not indefinite or uncertain. Rather, it is a well-defined experience. And true Christians know what they have and are very aware of what they possess. And so John tells us here in this text, we write these things to you that your joy may be full and you may share in what we have. And gang, you cannot invite someone to share something with you unless you know exactly what you're asking them to share. Isn't that true? Listen. John knew what he had, his search through life for truth, for meaning, for purpose, for fulfillment was over. For here was a man who tells us he knows without a question, without a doubt. And it is because he knows and because of what he had experienced that he is writing this epistle. You see, there can be no true joy of salvation while there is a vagueness or an uncertainty or a lack of assurance with what we have. And that's the very reason why we need to apply ourselves to studying this particular subject. 
Uh, just help us to gain a greater appreciation of the things that we actually do possess, the things that have been given to us by God. Now, I can further support this by making another point. And that brings us to our second point. If you're taking notes, write this down. Christians are not only people who know what they have, our first point, but they are also anxious for all others to have and possess it as well. And this, of course, is further proof of their certainty of that which they have. John put it this way. Let's go back to our text. That which we have seen and heard declare we unto you. Why? That you may have fellowship with us. You see, he wanted them to have exactly what he had. And he longed for others to have the same thing. You see, those who have become conscious of the fact that they are sharing the life of God, as I mentioned before in opening, sharing in his interests, his great purposes, we're involved in God's enterprise in this world, right? So all of these things are a part of God's purposes. We would be anxious for others to have and possess it as well. You see, those who have become conscious of the fact that they are sharing the very life of God, those who know what it is to rejoice and what it is to be set free from certain besetting sins, which formerly used to overcome them, and I hope that that's a a present experience in your own life, you know, the things that at one time you were unable to overcome, you know, those reoccurring sins within your life, And now because of your experience with the Lord, your fellowship, your communion with him, the work of God's Holy Spirit within your life, you're being transformed. You've gained a new source of strength and a dynamic within your life to help you to become that new person created in the image of Jesus Christ. So those who know what it is to rejoice and what it is to be set free from certain besetting sins, which formerly used to overcome them, Those who can see right through life's meaning, now we have a a completely different view of our world. Our now is a Christian's world view. We know what life is all about. We've come to the correct understanding and conclusion of what life is all about. Those of us who have overcome the world, those to whom death has lost its sting, Men and women who have experienced these things out of necessity want others to experience it as well. And by the way, just as a side note, I want you to think about this. This is a great way to test the genuineness of your own Christianity. All of the things that I've just suggested, all of the things that we possess, all of the things that are a part of our Christian experience. And, And if these things are true, if these things are actually describing you in a very uh, accurate kind of a way, if you know that you've possessed these things, if you know that this has been your experience, well, then you got to ask yourself this question. Does my heart go out to men and women around me in this world who lack the same experience? Is there a sense of compassion for all who lack it? i got to tell you something. Before I was a Christian, I really wasn't concerned about my neighbor I wasn't, obviously wasn't concerned about them knowing Christ. I didn't know him myself, right? And now going through this transformation, understanding and realizing I possess these things, that these things are a gift from God, I want to pass it along to other people. And so this, if you think about it, this is a really great way to test the genuineness 
of your own Christianity. That is the burden that you carry for other people to know and to possess the things that you have. Paul put it this way in 1 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 16. He says, woe unto me if I preach not the gospel. Now, that would apply to all of us as well. You don't have to be a preacher. You don't have to be a pastor. You don't have to be an apostle to feel this way. Woe unto me. You just can't, you can't keep your mouth shut. Every person that you come into contact with, you want, you want to share the good news with them. In other words, these are people who are very much like Jesus Christ. You know, in Matthew's Gospel in chapter 9, in verses 35 and 36, Jesus said he saw them as sheep without a shepherd, and he was moved with compassion. Is that the way that you see other people, the people that you come into contact with? All who are in Christ should have this missionary kind of a spirit. I don't know what, another way to explain it. Just having a missionary attitude and spirit about us. That desire for others to have and to share with them the very life of God. Now that brings us to our third principle this evening. Remember, once again, we're talking about the Christian experience. The third principle Christian experience in the life of all believers is always essentially the same. Is always essentially the same. Let's go back to our text. Notice John says, we saw, we handled, we touched, we heard. So come on all of you, basically, I'm paraphrasing here. So come on all of you and share this joy and experience with us. And let me tell you something, it's the very same experience. Although we weren't present during the three and a half years of Christ's public ministry, but nevertheless, the experience that John had is the very same experience that we have. Now, I'll, I'll explain that for you in just a moment. But we're talking about experiencing what the first apostles experienced. And this experience does not vary from one Christian to another. And yes, we may en- enter into it differently, We may have been brought up, for example, in a Christian home, and our mothers and fathers instilled within us at an early age a godly heritage. Maybe it was some grandmother. Maybe it was some close friend, whatever. Maybe we came into our Christian experience the result of attending some crusade, or we met some fellow or gal out on the street, and they shared Christ with us. Whatever. You fill in the blank. But in all of these things, I'm speaking of the experience itself, which is all central to the person of Jesus Christ. It is always a repetition of the apostolic experience because it is always based upon the same truth and is the result of the same gift from the same giver. And and listen, like John, for example, and all of the other apostles were present when Jesus laid his hands on the sick and they recovered. Has Christ ever laid his hand upon you and you've recovered from some illness or some besetting sin, as I had suggested just a moment ago? Or you prayed unto him and asked, you to, asked him to help you with some situation and there's no way that you could explain things working out the way that you hoped they would work out without putting God behind that experience? It's the same thing, right? If you think about it, maybe you know we consider the things that the apostles experienced may be a little bit more dramatic or more glorious, but essentially they're the same experience, aren't they? By the way, 
How do we safeguard ourselves from false teaching? Just a side note here. Well, here's the test. The apostolic record. The apostolic witness. Their testimony. So if my experience does not line up with and tally with the New Testament writings, it is not the Christian experience. No matter how wonderful you may think it may be, or wonderful, or exciting, and I've heard some really crazy testimonies from people suggesting that this was my Christian experience, but does it actually line up? And, and some of those you know, experiences are true. Like, for example, visions. Now, I have a hard time wrapping my, my mind around people who come forward and say, Mike, I had this vision. When I hear that, I, I, I take a step back and I'm saying, you know, what was really the catalyst of their having this vision? Was it a pepperoni pizza before they went to bed or something? And because visions really are in commonplace, but nevertheless, they do happen. And they're biblically based. Paul, for example, in the book of Acts, he had the vision. Remember the man from Macedonia calling, beckoning him to come over and, and minister to him when Paul was uh, determined to continue to bring the gospel into Asia Minor. But God wouldn't have that. And so the vision with the Macedonian man, remember that? And Peter had his own vision. Remember the sheet that came down from the four corners of heaven with all manner of unclean animals? And he said, uh, he said kill and eat. And so I, visions are biblical. I don't think that they're everyday occurrences. But whatever your experience, I mean, I've heard really crazy things. I've heard of people falling down on the floor and barking like a dog. And where, where do we find that in the Bible? How, how can we validate that? How can we verify that? And so again, how do we safeguard ourselves from false teachings and false practices and false experiences? Here's the test. The apostolic record. Their witness, their testimony. And if my experience does not tally or line up with the New Testament writings, it's not the Christian experience at all. It's just a safeguard that God has put in place for us. If my experience doesn't reflect this here, it's not the Christian experience. Now that brings us to our fourth and our last point, and that is this experience is one which is possible for all people. Not just for a few, not for some super Christians, but for the babe in Christ as well as the senior pastor of the church. Notice, let's go back to verse 3. He says, that which we have seen and heard, we declare to you that you also may have fellowship with us, and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. It's a comprehensive experience. And it is possible for all people. John isn't writing to a select few, but he's writing to all believers in Christ. This is what is known as a general epistle. And I thank God that this is not an experience for apostles only, simply because of and on the basis that they were with Jesus for those three and a half years of his public ministry. It is equally possible for us. And this is why that attitude I could, if only, and I, I hear this so often from people, and, and really it's nothing more than an excuse. You're visiting with someone who's come in and, and set up a counseling appointment, and you're going through it with them, and they're, they're talking about their relationship with the Lord or the lack of their relationship with the Lord or, or an abruption 
that has taken place in their relationship with the Lord, they'll say sometimes something like this. Pastor Mike, if only I could have been there with the apostles, if I could only have witnessed his miracles, if I could have only looked into his eyes, heard his teachings, witnessed his miracles, it would be so much more easier for me to believe. It would be so much more easier for me to follow through with the commitment that I made to Jesus. But folks, that's wrong. It's actually nothing more than an excuse. Because this experience that we've just defined for you is not based upon us, but it's entirely based upon God and his grace and upon his desire and his readiness to give. You just need to be willing to receive and open yourself up to that work and the grace of God that he wants to so abundantly bestow upon you. You know, you just need to take an inventory. Is there anything that's preventing him from revealing himself to you? And it always goes back to the sin question. God wants to bless. God wants you to experience that life abundant that has to be described in superlatives. Remember that we talked about that in in the opening of this evening's message. The only person who can stand in the way or the only thing that can stand in the way of your receiving of the Lord and experiencing this for yourself is you. That's it. And and so we need to think about that. We need to take an inventory of, of the things that we've allowed to go on within our lives. That experience of fellowshipping with God, to know God. The only thing that separates you from God is your sin. So let me ask you this question as we close out this evening's message. Do you know God? Has that knowledge of God given you something in your life that makes you long for others to share it with you? Can you honestly say, I know something about the new man, the new woman? Is that a part of your experience, that you're changing from the inside out, that you're making progress going forward, that you're not continuing to just simply be in a babe in Christ, that you're going on to maturity, you're going on to perfection, that on a regular basis, progressive basis, you're becoming more like Jesus Christ. Do you know anything about the influence of the Holy Spirit in your life? These are very important questions to ask yourself. It's all a part of your Christian experience. It's it's an ordinary part of your Christian experience. It's not something unordinary or for a select few, as I mentioned before. This is an experience which is concrete and which can be tested and examined. It makes us participants of that which these apostles wrote so gloriously of in the New Testament epistles. And so, may God give us grace to examine ourselves in the light of these truths. This wonderful experience that never varies, it is always essentially the same. Let us make certain that we are sharers in the apostolic experience of a knowledge of God and of receiving eternal life through Him. In my Father's house There's a place for me In my Father's house Where I long to be We're so glad you joined us today on In My Father's House for our continuing verse-by-verse study through the book of 1 John. If you'd like to hear more messages from Pastor Mike, please visit our website at harvestnyc.org. 
You can view his past teachings when you click on the Vimeo link or listen online. Just click on the Resources tab to find out more. Sometimes life can get busy, and between work, family, and all your other obligations, it's hard to find the time to dig deeply into the Bible for yourself. We want to encourage you to make time with the Lord a priority in your life. And we have some great resources linked at harvestnyc.org to help you do just that. We also invite you to join our mailing list for daily devotionals. You can sign up at harvestnyc.org. If you're in Midtown Manhattan and looking for a church home, come visit us here at Harvest Christian Fellowship. We meet every week for worship, Bible study, and fellowship. It's easy to get here. You can reserve your seat and get directions at our website. If you can't make it in person, that's okay. Join us on the live stream to participate in our services virtually. Just follow the link at harvestnyc.org. And be sure to give us a call if you have any questions. 212-247-1877. That's 212-247-1877. That brings us to the end of our study today. Join Pastor Mike next time to continue learning and growing in faith right here on In My Father's House. Oh